Welcome, my friends, to the podcast that never ends, where we gather our clan and talk about peace and love in our lives, the difficulties along the journey, and how we rise up. We will experience a little thing I call cluberty together, find our sweet spot, and planting our seeds to watch them grow in our magic garden. I'm Uncle Dave, and our transformation starts right here. Hey now, and how are you doing? Welcome to the next episode of Peace, Love, and Bring a Bat. Today I have these gentlemen from down under, but it's going to be an amazing story. We're going to have an amazing ride where they started part of this story as a bike ride. So, hey, Don and Ian, I'd love to just introduce you guys and tell us about your story, about the bike ride that changed the world. Yeah. Well, well, changed our lives for uh that's for sure. Yeah, well, um, uh, yeah, this is Donnie, or he, he now insists he actually calls me, uh, I call him my hero. Uh, and this is Hutch, who uh, now likes to be referred to as the survivor. Slave. He, I'm now his slave. And, and the reason is because we were just out on a, we've known each other for about 20 years, we were out on a normal Tuesday morning bike ride um, and something really weird happened. Uh, Donnie was actually what? leading the bike ride for a change. <laughs> <laughs> and then all of a sudden, out of the blue, um, this happened. Emergency, what town or suburb? Hello, Eleanor Rose, Creek Reserve. Yes, hold on, I think you might be breathing. Okay. Is he awake? Stay with me. Is he awake? No, he's not. He's not. No, is he breathing? No, he's not. Stay with me. Okay. All right. Now I'm organising some help. I'm organising some help. Stay with me. Okay. So, David, as you can imagine, it's pretty surreal listening to the actual ambulance come to your own uh, near-death experience. I was actually clinically dead for 18 minutes. Uh, luckily, I had my mate Donnie jump in, a couple of bystanders. I was then escorted to uh, uh, the hospital, uh, lucky enough to get a police escort. Um, and I don't know whether you know what a green corridor is. Have you heard of that term, a green corridor? Yep. Um, you have, okay, yeah, yeah, okay, for yeah. dignities in prisons. So yeah. When all the uh, yeah lights go green and, yeah. and all the politicians or dignitaries, mm-hmm. uh, royalty, yeah, uh, yeah. get swept through. Mm. Uh, well, Dave, I, I didn't get a green corridor. No, um, no, they, they did not change a single light. They couldn't really care. Obviously, That's, not important enough. But no, I, you're not. I got to hospital. Uh, I was still uh, out of it, and they put me into an induced coma. They put you on an ice bed, uh, put you out of it, and uh, so you you essentially organs can try and do as much work as possible mm. um, and luckily I, I came out of the induced coma uh, the next day so you know mm. lucky Donnie knows then uh, that uh, he did a half decent job with his CPR <laughs> um, but my partner Katie obviously had a pretty sleepless night as well 
And uh, but they didn't know if I was going to have any brain damage or if uh, you know I was actually going to survive. Well, the, the jury's out on that on your on your brain <laughs> yeah, capabilities. Yeah, mate, even even to this day. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, it, anyway, uh, it took me about three or four days to get my memory back uh, in in hospital. Donnie kept uh, insisting that I still owed him money. You still do. Um, and I was in hospital for two weeks. And the end of those two weeks, I got implanted in my chest. Luckily, uh, actually on my birthday, an internal defibrillator in my chest, mm. which is really, really lucky because uh, only, only just last Monday, uh, I, I had a fatal cardiac arrest again. But now this little sucker in my chest brought me back to life within seconds. So I'm pretty lucky. Yeah, to, uh, to have this in, pretty lucky to have this guy as, yeah. as my best mate. Yeah, well. we uh, we feel <laughs> we all feel very lucky, uh, considering the stats around uh, a sudden cardiac arrest is that unfortunately nine percent of people will survive a sudden cardiac arrest. Um, and so, mate, I'm I'm incredibly happy that you're part uh, of the nine percent club. I'm pretty chuffed as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was a, as you can imagine, pretty shocking experience for me. He was just asleep. Uh, having a bit of a nap. Well, that was the uh, one question I wanted to ask. Clinically you. dead. Yeah, that was the one question I wanted to ask you. So you sounded pretty calm. I mean, I don't know. You know, I know in other instances. I mean, when you hit calm, but when your when your mate is not breathing and you sounded really calm, how did you stay as calm as? You can, can I just say, yeah, he's he's a he's a trained actor and performer, uh, so that probably had a lot to do with it. Look, <laughs> so you're, you're, I was just pretending to save your yeah, life. Although, yeah. Oh, this is a role of a lifetime. I can I can save my life. look. I've, I've asked myself that question too, Dave, um, and uh, I would say. Like if I try to drill down a bit on how did I stay calm in that situation, uh, it wasn't a massive adrenaline hit, uh, as you can imagine, when I realised the uh, severity of of what had happened uh, to Hutch. Uh, look, the only thing I can put it down to is because of the work I do, you know, going on stage and, and performing and stuff like that, it's very normal for me to get a very big hit of adrenaline and nerves uh, before I, I do that sort of stuff. You so stay calm and focused. Yeah, and so I, I've got very good at, uh, I suppose, under high hits of adrenaline um, of, of, of being able to just focus and, and stay calm. I mean, it might have sounded like I was pretty calm, uh, but I think I was... Uh, I was far more. Yeah, I was focused, but I was. I was. I was incredibly uh, worried. I guess it sounded like uh, you. You read the script, right? You. You knew the script. You knew how to do it. That's the important part. Well, well he hadn't read the script well, of CPR <laughs> training for about twenty-five or thirty yeah, years. Yeah, look, I, I had no script. <laughs> I, I was definitely making it up as I went along. I was improvising. Uh, but but l- luckily, the nine-one-one operators uh, or triple-O operators, we call them here in Australia, were amazing. Incredible. They, they coach you through the process. Um, so, and then we were very lucky too that uh, well that uh, the two two ladies came were there walking along the track and they came over very quickly almost immediately after it happened. We used their phone because we didn't have a phone on us; we were on our bikes. Uh, and then a jogger, I think you mentioned by the name of Tim, uh, he came along, and uh, you know when, when the when the triple O or nine one one operator started to say, "Okay, we've got to try and start and resuscitate Hutch to keep him alive till the paramedics got there," um, the great thing was that Tim, the, the jogger, he'd just done a refresher course, so he jumped in straight away and started doing compressions on Hutch's chest. Unfortunately, that meant that I had drawn the short straw and I had to give my mate mouth to mouth resuscitation, uh, which look, I, I don't care what anyone says. Horrendous experience, uh, and only because obviously within about a couple of breaths, I realised the night before he 
he'd eaten something like garlic bread or a, a really bad curry or something. Well, like I'll, I'll never get that taste out of my mouth. Thank Dave, you very much. Dave, the good news for me is I, I was what they call clinically dead, so I don't remember any of that. Uh, but I did wake up in hospital coming out of a coma the next morning with quite a bit of pash rash. Okay, I'm so, uh, uh, I, I had no time to shave. I'm sorry. Donnie, huh? How are you doing now? How are you doing now? Try my best, my best Brooklyn. How are you doing? Donnie's wife, uh, Robbie, does assure me he's a very good kisser. So uh, it's uh, good to know. But I, I now carry permanently uh, uh, mint fresh freshness with me all everywhere. <laughs> but in, in keeping with um, you know uh, peace, love, and uh, bring a bat. I mean, for us that was the real bat moment, wasn't it? Uh, we it greatly motivated us to uh, take the bat, uh, so to speak, uh, into getting people more aware. Uh, and just the importance of knowing how and the confidence of how to do uh, good CPR and what to do in these emergency situations. And that's why we uh, we started uh, CPR Friendly. Yeah, we, 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 we've basically not, not enough people get CPR aware. Mm-hmm. Uh, they only do it because there's a personally relevant experience for them. Someone close to them has got an issue or had an issue like us Um or they have to get CPR trained and certified uh, for their job, whether they be a teacher or a, a physio or whatever, a personal trainer, whatever it might be. So we just saw the importance of, gee, let's not worry about getting people CPR certified. Let's just get them a bit more CPR friendly. Mm-hmm. And because Donnie's got a background in entertainment and comedy uh, and yeah. MC, corporate MC. Yeah, and Hutch, uh, Hutch is uh, Educator of the Year as a speaker and keynote speaker. You know, his forte is absolutely um, getting a message out there and, and making people really uptake and learn a message. And, and we just thought, look, let's combine our skills and try and do short, sharp, fun training or uh, that just gets people a little bit CPR friendly mm-hmm. so they know the basics in mm-hmm. the heat of the moment. And, and, and I think the thing we've got to point out here is you know it's pretty obvious if you haven't got the feel we are great mates and uh this situation has brought us even closer but it's an absolute conscious choice that we make to have fun with it you know um have have digs at each other and have a bit of fun with it because you know we have found that people normally will learn and remember a lot more if they're having a bit of fun but you know in no way are we taking away the seriousness of of what happened to Hutch uh, having a sudden cardiac arrest or the seriousness of, you know, any of the training or messaging we're trying to put out there around the importance of CPR. We, we just want to have people learning while, while laughing because we think they they understand it and, and mm. they, you know, will digest it better. Mm. Yeah, no, so I, and, that's, and that's where the, the next part. So uh, on your website, I haven't watched all the videos yet, but there, there are videos. That, so, again, depending on everybody's appetite in times of what they need, but you, you're looking to get them as much information as possible. So explain to me yeah, well, about the different trainings. I know you have different time, time intervals of trainings. Yeah. yeah, so we, we, we looked out there and you can go and do a three-hour certification or we can jump on YouTube and, and do some videos. But we said, look, what we've got on the website is, believe it or not, we've got a five-second training. We've got a 15-second training, a three-minute, a 10-minute, a 45-minute training. Yeah. Uh, people can jump onto cprfriendly.org and do it for free. So, you know, you do the five-second or 15-second one if you, you know, don't really love your family that much uh, <laughs> or if you're really into your family and... Uh, you love your parents. Do the 45-minute webinar. Maybe yeah. knock yourself out of the park and do the free 45-minute webinar. Uh, it's, they're all there for people to jump on and yeah. use anytime, anytime they like. Totally free. And then the other thing we've, we've done is we've created a whole series of events. So after the I, I got out of hospital, Donnie and I went, well. We, we, yeah, we realised how much the importance of this because it's saved 
Hutch's life. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we thought our family and friends, what happens to, you know, what happens if they find themselves in this situation and realize there's just such a huge gap of knowledge there? So the first thing we did once, once, uh, Hutch had recovered enough was we threw a, a CPR barbecue at my place. He gathered all his friends and mates. I got as many of my family. Donnie and, got two of his friends. <laughs> and, and my family. And uh, I paid a few people to come. Um, and uh, we just put on a barbecue and then we got a, a, pro- a professional uh, CPR trainer to come in, first aid trainer, and run a course so that all of our family and friends knew. And then and then you had a street party. And then we, yep. yeah, then we said, okay, well, let's do a street party, CPR-friendly street party. So we then invited everyone in my street to uh, yes. come to someone's house. We yes. hosted it. And then we got someone from the local surf club to come up and do t- a half an hour training. Mm-hmm. And then from that, they understood the importance of a defibrillator. And we then raised money to buy a defibrillator for the street. So we now have a defibrillator. Well, I've got one in my chest. We've yeah. got I've got one in the back of my car. We've also got one in now in our street so we've then multiplied that model out to all sorts of the people in the community clubs associations homes streets uh you name it and corporates uh to try and really the bottom line is to try and change those pretty poor stats of uh only nine percent survival rates both here in australia and in the united states well and the the interesting thing is the world record holder for survival rates is actually in the seattle area um, the, their survival rate is as high as 62% of people uh, that survive a sudden cardiac arrest. And the reason for that is about 75% of the people in that area are CPR friendly and there's much more public access to defibrillators in that whole area. Yep. Yep. Whereas in Australia, 9% survival rate because only 26% of people are CPR friendly and a lower access to public defibrillators. So we're all about raising people's awareness, but in a fun way cut into the chase and with CPR training and also trying to get more defibrillators out there in the, in the, in the community. Now, how would you, I guess, train somebody, uh, an individual? So during the pandemic, right, people are by themselves. Uh, you yeah, know, exactly. I, I mean, not only do you need to know about how to help somebody like your, your mate, but, you know, what, what would you advise for people who are by themselves? Well, it's a, it's a great question. And I was very lucky because I had four people uh, really uh, jump in uh, as first responders. Mm. And, and, you know, that was that was perfect because uh, one of them, Donnie was a great scene manager. One of them, you know, was up on the road flagging down the ambulance because we were slightly off the main road. Uh, Someone was holding the phone so the triple O operator on speaker yep. could, like, direct us and everyone who was all first responders could hear what we were being told and, to do. And a couple were, were taking turns doing CPR mm-hmm. while Donnie was standing, taking Instagram photos and having a cigarette. That's so uh, <laughs> the so that that's the that's a great scenario. I, I had to get I was, it on socials. I had to get it on socials. I was very... Very lucky. So the, that's how you get the recording. Right? That's how you got What's the recording. That? Right? He just was recording yeah. it. <laughs> back, back to you, back to your question, which is a great one. In the mm-hmm. pandemic, gee, uh, and, and the, the interesting thing is, eighty percent of the time, a sudden cardiac arrest, which keep in mind is an electrical issue of the heart, and don't confuse that with a heart attack, which is a pl- clogged plumbing issue of the heart. 
Mm. A sudden cardiac arrest will happen in seconds. It can happen to anyone. doesn't matter how fit and healthy they are. A, mm. a heart attack, a plumbing issue is usually, you know, either not enough exercise, dietary issues or gen- mm. genetic issues. Yeah. Um, but that happens over 10 minutes, half an hour. Yeah, you'll get some warning. You'll get some warning, maybe something's wrong. So the, the question, which is a great one, is, is I think the question is, if I'm in the house by myself, with one other person and they have a sudden cardiac arrest, what do I do? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah? yeah. So, which is a great question. In the pandemic, so the, the, the answer is uh, any attempt is better than no attempt. You do whatever you can, but the first step is to, first of all, uh, diagnose are they responsive? If they're not responsive, then are they breathing? If they're not breathing, then you, um, you've you already hopefully run triple O. Yeah, you have for help, yep, and opened the front door. Yep. First step is to ring 911. They will quickly diagnose the situation for you. They will then tell you where to open your front door, an ambulance, some medics are on their way. They will also guide you through the second basic step, which is to do compressions on their chest. You want to run through? Yeah, yeah, sure. And compressions are... Because we're lucky to have a hero in the house today. Uh, and in actual fact, well, in actual fact, like the, the thing is, I should be the one to say this with the most experience, and in keeping with the little internal uh, competition that Hutch and I have of saving lives. Currently, the score is, if you can see our backs there, currently the score is uh, one zero. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In, and, and just for those on the, on the podcast, Donnie has got a one on the on his back of his shirt, and I've got a zero. Yeah, yeah. If you, yeah. If you haven't seen it, um, uh, note so, yourself. Make sure I don't let Donnie do the t-shirt. So, so very quickly, uh, cardiac compressions is 30 compressions to two breaths and you're trying to push uh, at least five centimetres or one third of the depth of the chest at a rate of about 120 beats per minute or more commonly, everyone says, uh, to about the same pace as you would sing Staying Alive by the Bee Gees. Um, and so that's how to do uh, cardiac compressions. Uh, and the whole reason for doing compression, some people actually think, oh, you're doing that to restart the heart. Uh, that absolutely is not the case. It is, it is purely to keep the oxygenated blood in the body uh, to the brain and vital organs. You're just trying to keep manually keep that pump. Maintaining, it's purely to maintain life until the defibrillator comes because the only thing that restarts the heart is, is the defibrillator. Yep. So step number one in the basics is ring, ring 911. Step number two is do compressions. Step number three is to try and get a defibrillator or get someone else to get a defibrillator. Uh, if you can get a defibrillator on someone within three minutes, you've got a 75% chance, 75% chance, chance. of saving their life. If you can get a defibrillator on them around the five-minute mark, it's about 50%. Mm-hmm. And then around the 10-minute mark, which is when an ambulance tends to tends to arrive on average, you've got about a nine. less than yeah nine percent chance. So, but keep in mind if you're there by yourself, just do what you can: compressions, breaths, um, and uh, just keep that going as much as possible. Yeah. Any attempts better than no attempt. Yeah, yeah, that, that that's always the, the the true is just keep doing something, and until the professionals yeah. get there, right? You know, and yeah. I mean that's that's a real resi- uh, resilience. I mean, so how does it? I guess, how does it feel from rising from the, you know, from where, where you were? Yeah. Uh, yeah what, what, so uh, how does it feel? Uh, being to be dead, alive. Being dead and now <laughs> well, being you know, alive. But, but to know that you were dead, right? I, I mean, you know, it's not just, you know, saying, oh, okay, I, I feel, when you're sick, you feel dead, right? You were actually yeah. clinically dead. Yeah. Well, well, well yeah. And it's, look, it's, uh, it, it's interesting. Um, I, I do feel like I'm on extended time now. 
uh, been given bonus time. And so it's really for me about uh, making sure that I use the best of this, this extended time. Um, so the things, I think the three, a lot of people would focus on post-traumatic stress, you know, and I, I see a lot of people who have come out of this similar situation who are living life walking at eggshells. Gee, I don't yeah. want this to happen again. Uh, and it's really hard on your partner because, you know, they don't want you to go out and do anything. You know, I, I like my sport and my exercise. Yeah. But for, for quite a while, my partner Katie was, it was really me managing her emotions uh, rather than uh, me worried about it's going to happen again because having an internal defibrillator is my life insurance policy now, really. Yeah. But um, the, I think the takeaways for me, uh, number one, Focus on post-traumatic growth rather than post-traumatic stress. So what, what have I learned out of all this? Well, the importance of gratitude, of appreciating every day, every moment, and not taking life for granted is number one. Number two, the importance of family and loved ones and friends. And, and again, not taking them for granted. Yeah. You know, really drink up every, every opportunity and moment you have with family and friends and loved ones. Mm-hmm. And then number three, is there anything that can be done to uh, create more meaning and a higher purpose in your life moving forward? And I think that's very much where, CP, for us, CPR Friendly comes in and we're, you know, we, we love the fact that what we're trying to do now is help save more lives, give others a second chance at extended time. And there's some simple things that people can learn that can make all the difference in the world that could save one more life. Yeah. Yeah, no, and, and that's yeah. where I was going with the resilience and, and things like that. That because it's like, Yeah. You know, because that's what it is. It's not just about, oh, this is your story. This is what you do with your story. I mean, you know, when I coach people, I talk to people about finding their voice, but what are you going to do with that voice? It's not just you need to be heard, but like you guys are creating, really saving the world or saving as much, as many times as people can hear this story. That's how many people have the opportunity to be saved. Yeah. I mean, look, look, if, if through all this that we're doing and, and we do this on a voluntary basis, but if, if all that we do uh, is just save one more life, then as far as we're concerned, mm. you know, that's a really crap percentage. No, no, no. We think it's good. We think we, we but it, it, how meaningful it, it, if we were able to save one more life, two more lives and, and, you know, yeah. start a bit of a movement. And that's why through the pandemic, we thought, oh, what a bummer. We can't do our community events. That yeah. We can't doing. get face to face with people uh, in, to, to train them up. But yeah. again, the silver lining out of that is we had to rethink what we were doing. So we created an auto webinar which is a 45-minute presentation that we do. We tell our story, mm-hmm. uh, have some fun with each other, present the stats, but also teach people the doctor's A, B, C, D. And I make Hutch sing at the end. He makes them sing at the end, yeah. You love that so part. You love that. So Donnie, what do you say? written a, C, C, what do you a CPR sing? rap. A CPR rap? Ray, he's, he's, yeah, we've done, we do a CPR wrap at the end of the, the training session, uh, <laughs> which is when people really turn off. Um, no, so. Well, no, no, no. Luckily, I do most of it, so they listen to it. It's just when you do your verses uh, that they seem to uh, leave the webinar. So the auto webinar uh, is the silver lining of the pandemic for us because we probably wouldn't have created it unless there was a pandemic, and now that's available uh, to anyone, anywhere, um, all around the planet. So we have a bit of fun. And we we teach CPR uh, along the way, so that's that's been a great opportunity that we've also created. So yeah. jump onto cprfriendly.org yeah. and go and do our free CPR friendly webinar. Right, passing on the knowledge. I mean, there's a, there's yeah. a famous saying that if you save one man, 
you saved the world. So not only, uh, you know, Don, have, have you you saved the world on your own? As you know, you're already. Um, yeah. Well, I, 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 yeah. Well, what, really what I did was I saved one man and now I've saved my back and stuff like that because now he has to mow my lawn. Exactly. Uh, I, I wash my car. I get him to week. paint the house every week. Uh, so it was a really good investment in saving one man uh, is how I look at it. Yeah, lucky I'm not too handy around the house. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it's, uh, it's, it's certainly uh, revitalised. I think attitude to what happens to you uh, will help revitalise revitalize your life and, and hopefully it's, it's about paying it forward. And yeah. that's what we're really trying to do, change the stats. Yeah, that's why yeah. I, I know that was one of the things that you also had mentioned a lot about paying it forward. And that's between the, the charity aspect of it, uh, as, I, as I explained to you about the goons for good is what, how I, I do it. But, uh, you know, it's all just I know a guy. And the thing is, I, I know people in Australia. I have friends that are in Australia who uh, I who'd recently come up and I showed them, took them a tour around New York and showing the Statue of Liberty. And as you both said, you've been to New York and maybe we try to find ways to get you to come to New York by people hearing you and hearing your story and keep spreading. Hey, well, now we know a guy. We know (laughs) a guy. We know a guy in New York. So we'll be there. We'll come over. Yeah, you definitely love New York. Cool. We'll take care of you. Don't worry about it. (laughs) (laughs) If only I could do that accent as well. (laughs) And only how's your your Aussie accent? Yeah, yeah, how's your Aussie accent? Well, I'll tell you, so I was in an uh, airport in Cincinnati, and they go, where are you from, Australia? I have never been told I was from Australia. I was like, no, from New York. They're like, oh, yeah, that sounds a little bit better. I was like, yeah. I, I, <laughs> the, only, the only thing I, the only Austria, you know, is put a strip on the barbie. So when you were talking about a, 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 a barbecue, I, I said, well, you know, I really wanted to ask you, did you put a shrimp on the barbie? Uh, you know, <laughs> yeah, you, you know, what's funny about that saying is, is we, no one here ever says yeah, no, that. Exactly. You know, it's, only, <laughs> it's only because of the Crocodile Dundee right. advertising campaign that everyone in the United States thinks that, oh, yeah, yeah, every yeah. day of the week we say, come on over, mate. And we'll put a shrimp on the barbie. Nobody yeah. ever says that. No yeah. one says yeah. that. I think it's exactly. from the 1970s or yeah. something. Yeah, we say come over and, and, and share a butterfly lamb on the barbie. <laughs> oh, yes. Or no, like we that. don't. We don't even say that. There's a nice chardonnay. No, none of that. Let's have a beer and have a good time. Yep. A couple of snags. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, I, well, one of my friends, when they went down, they, they watched, uh, they went to the rugby league and he brought back a, a rugby ball and, and, and things like that. So, yeah, I do hope to get down there. I, I have uh, some business colleagues as well down there and uh, mm-hmm. I just interviewed somebody in the Three Heart Network. So, I want to, I'm going to, Try to connect you guys. It's a Linda Dwang, and uh, she's part of the Three Heart Network, which is just pushing again that peace and love attitude. Uh, You know, she she's also in Sydney, and let's connect as many people as we can. Yeah, yeah, you bet. Well, the Three Heart Network certainly works with our our logo there. I think we relate to that heart logo. There you go, and and, and that. Yeah. Leads for me is the I know a guy, right? I, I, I that's and that's what the goons for good is is a connection. It's really not about mm-hmm. me, and it sounds like the same thing with you guys. You're leaders, but not necessarily. It's not about you. Obviously, it's your, your your story, but you would rather have people watch the video and help have help. Not that you know, you know, Don helped me, Hutch helped me. You know, it's a good story, yeah. and it's good to remember that. But it's that somebody else was saved and helped. Well, we, we just want to know that, uh, unfortunately, a, a cardiac arrest can happen to anyone, anywhere. You know, I was a fit, healthy guy, and uh, I'd, I'd just ridden a few months earlier from uh, Amsterdam to Paris. And so the bike ride we were on was a very lame 
you know, cycle around the local lake here. And we weren't particularly going hard and boom, just it can happen. Like yeah, it can happen. I guess since it's an electrical issue, it's not like the other, like a heart attack because then that's a clogging mm. issue, uh, you know, where if you're vigorous and, and things like that. But if it's electrical, it's just an electrical. It's either the, the light's coming on or not, you know, the switch is coming on or not. Yep. Yep, yeah. just a freak electrical How, how would somebody know that they have an electrical problem versus? This it's is a really, great. This is a great question. Well, it, it's actually really hard to because yeah. I um, most people don't. Yeah, just because I, I was pretty diligent and and healthy, I I'd got been getting my heart checked every year, and so doing ultrasounds and whatnot just to make sure everything was fine, uh, everything was working as it should. But it's you can't actually pick up an electrical issue very easily at all because it's mm-hmm. it's a snapshot in a time. Uh, you can see uh, clogging of the arteries. You mm. can see if the valves aren't working properly. You can mm. see if the muscle is being ineffective, but you can't really tell uh, unless there's a constant fibrillation or, or, or quickening of the heart. Um, but you know, the, most people can't tell. When he had his sudden cardiac arrest, the most time he had conscious thought when it was happening was just enough to know I don't feel okay and he was able to yell my name out. Oh, wow. now, that that. That's all. That's, that, 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 yeah, a couple of seconds is really all he had before I turned around. He was pretty much totally unconscious, slumped over his handlebars, careering off into the bush. It, it's that. It's that quick. Wow. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you can you can see uh, look up on YouTube videos professional soccer players who have now got defibs, you know, in, implanted in them, and they're just walking along or running along, and then boom, they it's as though they trip, they go down, and then the defib kicks in. It all happens in seconds. So whereas that, that doesn't happen in a heart attack. And, and the, the interesting thing too, as we are finding out, you know, two and a half years after the fact, is that it's not really something that uh, there's a solution for. The solution is to, as Hutchers have and many people who have had sudden cardiac arrests, is to have an ICD, an internal cardiac defibrillator put which is, in. Which is really just a safety wall. Safety warning. They're not, it's not. Backup it's, plan. Safety it, net. It's a safety. It's yeah. going gonna, gonna to bring you back if it happens again. But. Uh, as as you've just recently experienced Last again for week. the first time, yeah. Um, it, it, there's not so much a cure, is there, Hutch? Yeah, well, and, we're, and we're, I've done tons of tests. We haven't found one. I mean, I've even had my blood sent to South Korea, and it's been analysed on 500 different factors for genetics. Still can't find anything. Last week, I was just playing pickleball. Uh, I know that <laughs> that's a big thing in the states. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm, I'm now getting obsessed with it, and I was playing. <laughs> I was playing pickleball. And I was just standing to receive serve, and then I just felt uh, uh, within two seconds I just collapsed. Before I'd hit the court, this had kicked in, and boom, I was back up almost normal again. Okay. So uh, the cardiologist said that was another fatal heart rhythm, electrical for heart rhythm. Wow. If I didn't have my defib in, we would have been back uh, to square one with people, which I'm not sure the pickleball players around me. <laughs> well, I wasn't there. I was right. not there, Hutch. So uh, you were really much. taking your life in your own hands. I, I didn't have a hero with me. <laughs> yeah. so. Maybe you should pay me to spend more time yeah, uh, with you 24-7. Yeah. I've got a good track record. Yeah. Yeah. Couldn't afford you. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so. Yeah. Wow, that's incredible. Um, so I, I guess not only do you pay it forward because you're, you're giving all these free uh, videos out for free, um, what else? I mean, because, you, you know, you, you were talking, you gave some great advice as to, you know, what you're doing with your, your new life, how, how you're looking at things. Because I think every time we go through a challenge in life, we need to look at it and try to look for the silver lining on, on the... But 
So I guess, Don, what's your silver lining? I mean, obviously, it, it's a little, yeah. it probably is a little overbearing <laughs> in that you saved a life. Like, really, not you're not trained, you're not a doctor. Uh, and from what I read is that the last class before this uh, of CPR was about 35 years ago. Yeah, that, that's right. It was a, it was it was in that moment uh, when the triple uh, the nine one one operator said we had to start uh, resuscitation that I realised yeah it had been you know over thirty years since I'd done any training and that was that was a little scary because the yeah. the triple operator is feeding me what to do, telling me what to do, and in my mind because things have changed so much and this is a really important point, um, it seems so different. Uh, to what I recollected, how many compressions, breaths, everything like that. And, and I think that's one of the important things to come out of this that everyone's got to realise. They keep updating CPR training and, and what is the best thing to, to help save lives. So it's something you've got to keep doing uh, all the time. But the, the silver lining uh, for me, number one, I'm here, my mate, uh, the appreciation uh, in something like this of... Um, how uh, precious and short life can be, you know. Uh, it can happen to your best mate riding around, <laughs> riding around the lake. Uh, so huge appreciation um, for life. And uh, the other thing too is it really has given uh, a purpose uh, for me in, in a lot of the work. Like now when I speak and doing things like this, mm -hmm. uh, the authenticity uh, of, of being able to speak from a real world uh, experience is that, um, yeah, I really feel uh, giving back is uh, it gives me great joy, a, a real purpose uh, to be able to uh, give back all the time. Yeah, that's one of the things I always say is when you give back in in any way, you're really helping too. There's, there's nobody who who gives something and then is like sad or, or, or you feel good because you know you're doing it. Uh, and, and I agree. I can't imagine you know helping a mate and. and you know, being part of that. And I know people might see you as a hero. Do you feel like a hero? <laughs> no, not at all. I, I don't I don't like that title uh, at, at all. Uh, I, I was just very lucky. Uh, we, we both in this situation were very, very lucky. And, you know, if there's, if there's one thing that your listeners take from, from hearing our story and doing it is that I hope if you've only got five seconds, just go to the website and just, even do yourself a favour of just refreshing the absolute basics so that if you find yourself in that situation, especially with someone you care about, that you're going to have the confidence to at least try and jump in and make a difference because you think of the difference. If, if Hutch had passed, I don't know what sort of person I'd be now. I, I, I think something like that uh, could have totally changed the way I view life, the way I view myself, the guilt, the everything. And uh, it's not too hard to keep these skills top of mind uh, to really make a difference. And, and, and that, that's an interesting point because I think all we want to do is have people a little bit more confident about that they would know the basics of what to do. I think it's something like 70% of people yeah. feel as though they wouldn't be confident to be able to jump in and, and they do won't what's, jump in. What's, what's needed. Uh, so, you know, a lot of people in these situations think, oh, the best thing is wait for the ambulance, wait till the professionals get here to, to, to do what they're trained to do. Unfortunately, in most cases, it's about 10 minutes. On average, it takes 10 minutes for a paramedics or an ambulance to get to uh, a situation like this. And as we've said, after 10 minutes, in most cases, uh, the person has either died or best case scenario, 
uh, they've got severe brain damage. So it's just not an it's not an option. Every you, minute. Yeah, every every single minute counts. It reduces yeah. chances your chances of survival by ten percent. So every minute of inaction reduces people's chances by ten percent. No, no. Yeah. So um, yeah. Well, so CPR friendly is all about just giving people a little bit more confidence. They know the basics. <laughs> Ring nine one one. Know what to do with the compressions. And if there is a defib available, grab a defib. Yeah. Sure, the nine one one operator will coach them through the process. But it's just nice to know what to do. Uh, above Be confident enough. That. Yeah, you, you've got the knowledge already. Yeah. Because imagine, imagine, sorry, Dave, imagine, you know, I I don't know how I'd feel if it was Donnie and and he didn't survive and I felt like I had this huge guilt, had I done enough, you know, could I have learnt more, Uh, what else could I have done, you know, sometimes it's the smallest things that make the biggest differences. I mean, I mean, I can tell you, I absolutely experienced that for about 24 hours from when it happened to when Hutch came out of the coma the next day, you know, I didn't sleep at all that night. The 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 loop in my head was, did I do it well enough? What if I what if I did it wrong? What if you know I wasn't quick enough? What could if I, I, I could have I done more? What if he dies because I didn't do the best I could? And there's no way of knowing. I mean, I lived that for 24 hours. I'd hate to live that for a lifetime. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No, and, and that's why giving out this information is, is so important and to always do something. So even if you're yep. doing the- Any thing, attempts better than no attempts. Yep. Right. Exactly. Because yep. you, you can't, we say you can't kill a dead person. Right. So just have a go. You know, even some of the training, we've, we've trained, uh, we're doing a nursing home tomorrow. Yeah. There's going to be 90-year-old ladies there um, who can't get down and do the compressions. Mm. So we teach them to use their foot. You know, to use the, the ball of their foot on someone's chest. And they hold uh, onto a wall yeah. and push with the ball of yeah. their feet, yeah. It, it at least gives them some hope. So any attempt's better than no attempt. All right, that's a, that's a great, uh, another great tip uh, that if you, you, you can't for your back, you're depending on people's physical, there's always ways to do it. Uh, are there any yep. other tips? Yep. Do you have any other tips like that? Oh, that's, those, those are great. Oh, there's, look, there's another good one. I mean, the, what, we love the phone one. Do you want to yeah, do sure. the phone demo? Because... Imagine you're in a situation, you're at a friend's place, they go down and you know where they live because you've been there a million times, but you don't know the street address when 911 asks you, you know, yeah. what do you do? Well, there's there's some either some great apps around. There uh, was one called Emergency Plus. I'm mm-hmm. not sure if you've got the equivalent in the States or if you've got their phone but you can't open it. Anyone's phone. Code on it. All you need to do is repetitively hit the on-off. You rapid fire the, the on-off on most I'm doing phones. Now, like this. And that... Automatically, if you can see it there, yeah, that automatically rings triple O, yeah, or or nine one one. Now, just check that on your phones because every phone's slightly different. Um, But that's a great thing because you can use anyone's phone that way. Wow. Okay, that's awesome. That. that, that, Yeah. I don't know. Were you able to see that then at all? I was. Yeah, I I was able to see it. And for those who can't see it, it, it was. Turning the phone on and off by hitting the sides to shut it off very quickly. The yeah, power but- button in, yeah. in rapid fire a couple of times. Mm. Yeah, just test your phone. It's just a nice, nice thing to know as well. Uh, certainly here in Australia, they're now trying to integrate emergency services phone calls with automatic GPS, so mm. they will automatically be able to tell where you are, where you are, and I'm not sure. Uh, if that's happening in the states, but again, that's another great thing as well. Yeah. Okay, that, those are those are great tips. All right. Mm. Thank you so much. So I, 
I don't want to take more of your time, and, and I know that you you have very. Well, well very life, life is short. Life <laughs> is short, Dave. I've got yeah. to get on with enjoying my life. Yeah, now yeah. I'm here for a And I've actually got round. I've actually got the the rollers and uh, a paint bucket just I'm, down here. Uh, and he, then I've got he's a mop his floor. He's, yeah, yeah. He's got to, He's got to hurry up and finish <laughs> the painting of the ceiling here. Yeah, yeah. You don't want it to dry, right? And uh, no, 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 no. That's right. <laughs> But thank you so much for your time and the knowledge, and we'll definitely include the links on, on everything. Is there any final message you want to leave us with? Jump on the website, cprfriendly.org. Uh, at least do the 15-second training. There's, there's Mikey the Bikey uh, who does the training on there. He's an American guy. Uh, yep. He's hilarious. Uh, the five key things you need to know about CPR in about 30 seconds. Uh, or if you want to just go and do a 45-minute webinar, uh, tell our story. It's a bit of fun. Take the piss out of each other and teach you the doctor's ABCD, uh, which is be- best practice of resuscitation mm-hmm. through that webinar. Yeah. Get CPR friendly. You never know when you're going to need it. Life depends on it. All right. Th- thank you so much, guys. And for everybody else, thank you again for another great episode of Peace, Love, and Bring a Bat. Make sure that you find peace and love. Make sure you have a buddy around all the time uh, like Don. And also, if you need to take a bat, Make sure that you swing and hit the ball with a sweet spot. And thank you so much. I am really glad that you're enjoying the show. And I hope you follow us on all the podcast hosting sites. As well as Facebook, Peace, Love, and Bring a Bat. Or you can follow me, Uncle Dave, David Chemetsky, at Facebook, Instagram, Clubhouse, and www.davidchemetsky.com. I also would enjoy for you to contact me if you want to just have some feedback. You need somebody to talk to at peace, love, bring a bat at gmail.com. Well, my friends, today's journey has come to a close. I hope the seeds of peace and love continue to grow for each one of you. Remember the peace and love surround you that will assist you to rise again. And don't forget to bring a bat for what you believe in. Namaste.